Welcome to the Live Your Purpose podcast, featuring compelling interviews with big-hearted people in the Oklahoma City metro area who are leading, creating, and innovating on purpose. Get inspired by conversations with passionate difference makers from our local community. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. On today's episode, we sit down with Dar Yossery, a purpose-driven innovator, inspiring servant leader, and supportive champion for student success with a lifetime commitment to organizational excellence. And now, the Live Your Purpose podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Live Your Purpose podcast. My guest is Dar Yasseri, who currently serves as the Vice President of Student Experience at Oklahoma State University, Oklahoma City. In this role, he has the privilege to serve, lead, learn with, and support essential campus elements and critical teams that engage and grow student experiences. His aim is to assist each student in academic achievement, career success, and the realization of life goals, along with working to build the best environments for learning and personal growth. Dar is an area achiever with a long history in the hospitality and tourism industry and in higher education which includes an interesting path in getting there. He's worked with world-class organizations such as Holiday Inn, Harris Entertainment, Promise Hotels, and Hilton Worldwide. He brings this wealth of industry knowledge and its application to the strengthening of humanity and performance, all in support of purpose. He's passionate about people and the culture of organizations, strategic planning, and operational excellence. An avid music lover, Dar looks forward to the return of live gigs. He also anticipates watching his two daughters strive and succeed and eventually living somewhere with sand underfoot. Dar, welcome to the show. Oh, Charles, thank you for having me. It's such an honor to have you on the show. We've known each other for a short time and already it's uh, such a creative and engaging and interesting uh, connection. So I knew that I wanted to have you on. And so I'm just grateful that you said yes. Thank you. And it's, yeah, you're right. You know, we've only had maybe six connects and every time they get deeper and they also are stayed focused on one thing, which is what we're doing, which is talking about purpose. We're talking about purpose and in individuals, purpose in life, purpose in organizations, and somewhere in there getting closer to who you want to be for the world. Absolutely. I, I agree 100% on that. So, Dar, as you may know, we start each episode with this kickoff question, and you've chosen yours. So I'll read that off to you, and we'll just see where the conversation takes us. All right, Dar, when did you know that you wanted to be doing what you're doing today? Uh, I can remember it vividly. I was uh, almost 15 years old. I lived in a very rural environment, and freedom for me was accessibility to a car. Um, my high school that I went to was about almost an hour drive from where we lived. And it was really difficult for my parents to continue to coordinate drop-offs and pickups. And uh, I started driving at the age of 12 and I got my license as 14 and a half as a farm truck. And I remember my first vehicle was a 1969 GMC C10 farm truck. It was three on the tree, had a 440 barrel, it was, it was big, ugly, and it was a form of transportation. And I remember uh, driving it a few times to school and 
Dar, you know, was young and Dar sometimes didn't understand as many things as he does today and even still ignorant today. I, the, the vehicle had a small oil leak. Well, that oil leak um, was never addressed and the engine froze. So I remember um, one specific day I had to rely on my mom to pick me up from uh, after wrestling practice. So I remember it was about a two hour or about a two mile uh, run from, from my high school to a central location. It was, it was called a Hilton Hotel. It was convenient for my mom just to jump off the expressway and pick me up versus have her, her having to go into the inner, uh, the inner uh, uh, streets. So I'd never been to the Hilton before. I mean, heck, I've candidly, Charles, I, we never took vacations. Uh, I was a vacation in my household was, you know, maybe going to the lake for a day or two, but most of my time was spent working and um, I was a mucker uh, that I spent most of my time young years. I, I cleaned stalls out for very large animals and took care of animals. I was very rural. So um, different world, but I remember sitting vividly in that lobby, it was about four o'clock, 4.15 or something like that. And it was bustling. Uh, people were checking in, people were going through the lobby, people were just doing stuff. And you know, everyone seemed to have a purpose. And you saw smiles and you saw emotions and you saw action. I said, wow, this is really interesting. Uh, I was sitting in a new ecosystem that I've never experienced. So I started looking around and I saw this gentleman walking around and a uh, big guy, really nice suit. And he was smoking a big cigar, walking around the lobby. And then he had a, a small, um, I think it was a cocktail or something. He was walking around, he was shaking people's hands. He's welcoming them, greeting them. And he was just walking around. I said, wow, wonder what he does. So I thought about that for a little bit and I looked around, my mom picked me up. And when I got home, I called a friend of mine that said, hey, you know, his name is Bill. I said, Bill, I went to the Hilton and I uh, really neat. And do you know anybody there? Maybe I can get a job. And he goes, well, that's interesting, Dar. My dad knows the general manager there. He goes, okay. He goes, yeah, we have quite a few meetings there from Heber to Amtrak. I said, okay, what do you think your father would he support me in having a conversation with this general manager? I don't know who the general manager is. He goes, absolutely, Dar, we trust you. We know you have a good heart and you just want to do better. So let me talk to my dad. So lo and behold, I got a phone call from this gentleman. His name is Clint, C-L-I-N-T. I'd never heard a name like that at that time. His name is Clint and he introduced himself and I was really struck that he actually called me called my home phone number and that's when phones were actually on the wall with about a 55 foot extension cord on it right around the house remember those days <laughs> i do uh, so funny i remember sitting on my stairs and and he goes well well dara uh, mr herlinger says you you'd like to speak to me i said i, I would and he goes well, what do you want to do i said I, I would like to know more about what you do and what this what this thing is at this at the hilton he goes well we made an appointment so i did the best i could by dressing up uh, coat, tie, everything. And I went in there and he succinctly asked, you know, what do you want? And I said, I want, I want to have your job not knowing anything other than that was probably the boldest thing I'd ever done uh, at that point in time in my life and, and not even understanding what I was asking for. So he, he looked at me and he goes, um, you know, tell me your background. I kind of gave him you know, what I've been doing since I was nine years old, working mostly manual labor and a lot of outside work and he asked the question do you like people i said I, I believe so i'm pretty good around people i think i can do that he goes are you smart and i said i i'm trying to be and i'm learning he goes well that's all we really need and he goes uh tell what we're going to do dar 
I'm going to create a position. You're going to be the first MIT for Hilton. And I said, okay, that's wonderful. What's an MIT? And he goes, it's a manager in training. And Charles, as you know, a manager in training really means whatever we tell you to do. And that <laughs> right. was it. I mean, I, I, uh, I was inserted deeply into the business. So I worked every position, sometimes a week or two, sometimes off and on for approximately for the balance of my high school. So I was there. I did every position at that at that hotel. Learned from incredible people that had good servant hearts. Then I also start, started learning what was my purpose, and I started learning a few of my strengths. And I also started identifying some of my areas that I needed to work on as well. And with that, I was lucky enough to go to uh, college. I put myself through college uh, reluctantly for my parents. They had another plan for me, but I chose to do something else. I chose to go into hospitality and tourism, and uh, that was not very uh, supportive in my household nor my friends' sets, and I enjoyed it. Um, I went to Oklahoma State University. I got an undergrad and hotel restaurant, and I left as quickly as I could from Oklahoma. During that time, uh, and even today, I'm saying that I'm one of the most fortunate people in the world because I'm still with a soulmate. Her name's Dawn. She is my wife, back then my girlfriend. Uh, so it's D&D. And uh, we, I went to Texas and I started opening up ho holiday inns back then. And then I uh, was identified by a lady by the name of Rhett Stigall. So this really answers that question succinctly. I would, I'd opened, I'd opened, I was 22 years old. I'd opened five hotels in one year. I was an opener on the front of the house. I was exhausted. I didn't know really what I was doing, Charles. I was just doing it. I was just really, it was all about gut uh, and just tenacity and resiliency and trying to prove to myself that I, I was smart enough and I did have the skills. Well, there was a lady, uh, I mentioned Rex Stigall. She worked for a company called Promise Hotel. It was brand new. And that's the company that launched about five brands shortly after. She heard about this young, stupid kid that was trying to do some neat stuff in North Dallas. She invited me to have a cup of coffee with her. And I said, okay, I mean, okay, sounds good. At that time, I'd bought a new house in Allen, Texas. I bought a new car. I'd only driven the car twice and I never went to the house. All I did was work. I remember fainting a couple of times at the hotel, trying to manage labor, trying to manage, you know, everything. I was miserable. So during that conversation with Rhett, she looked at me and she said, Dar, I can tell you're a really smart guy and care about people. And you don't know what you're doing. You know about the business, but you don't know about being in the business. So would you, would you like us to help you? And I said, well, what does that mean? She says, well, why don't you let me hire you? And you can be uh, an MIT and we'll get you fast-tracked. I said, well, I don't know, Rhett. And she goes, well, I think for your longevity, sometimes you have to step backwards a couple of times to go forward. So I went back to Dawn and these are, our relationship is not perfect, but we've always worked on transparency, uh, alignment on values and culture. And I asked her, you know, at that time I was making more than my mom, even close to my dad. And Dawn says, please quit and go learn. So on a Friday, I quit. And on a Monday, I became a desk clerk. And in six months, as was promised, 
I learned the business, continued to learn the business. I also started learning how to serve people. I started learning how to assemble teams that had a central focus of excellence with me being nothing more than a player with them and learning from them so I could be a better person and my next steps. So that was it. You know, Rick Stegall, you know, we talk about female leaders and sometimes I know this current climate that we're showcasing them. How blessed am I, Charles? You know, I'm, I'm old uh, and I'm still very young though. But how lucky am I to have been an influence so early in my life by a wonderful female professional that saw something in me that I could not see. And then she allowed me to go into an ecosystem, an environment that was full of the following things. It was full of empowerment. It was full, it was full of experimenting, not planning. It was filled with purpose. Yes, there's profits involved. And we knew that we had to take care of ourselves inside before we could take care of the outside, which would be our paying customers. And from there, Charles, my, my world became very fast. Uh, I went to Harrah's, opened up a couple casinos. The most significant one was in, uh, Splash, which was in Tunica. These are, again, I'm still in my 20s. And then all of a sudden, um, the portfolio that I had in Atlanta it wasn't me, Charles. I was just so fortunate to be around the best in class. I had a handful of hotels, a lot of hotels in Atlanta. I had moved there, opened up uh, a couple brand new products in the Buckhead area back in the 90s. Um, competition was the Swiss hotels and all that stuff. But somewhere in that time, I started really understanding, or I thought I was understanding what my purpose was. It was to change people's lives by jobs and by learning and then they can go back and be a better version of them to their family and ultimately back to the customer internally and externally. I started getting really dialed into reading lots of leadership books. <laughs> Me, a leader, I, I can't even, even see that today. What I've always seen myself was as a person that wanted to elevate everyone around them. And with that elevation based on personalization, understanding your backpack and what is a backpack? When I use the word backpack, everyone has lots of things going on in their life, personal life, uh, their mental life, maybe spiritual life. They could be fighting through dignity issues. They could be fighting through financial issues. They could be fighting through a lot of things. And what I learned by my mom, and I do want to acknowledge my mom, I'm a first generation everything. I came to the United States when I was nine months old with a beautiful woman that was excommunicated from the church, her family, and was given one thing, me. And she came to the United States to have me have a better life. And hopefully with that, she would have a different life. And she came to, she came to America speaking nine languages and not one was English. And we had the, from day one of getting off that Pan Am flight, everybody that we got in touch with from, the, from day one, there have been people that helped and that, was, that has been probably one of the biggest things that I've learned, Charles, is that there are more people out there that want to help than people think. And with that love they provided my mom and consequently myself, that was another part of my purpose. Absolutely. Every, everybody has something going on. And if I, if I had the ability to take the time for individual consideration, because everybody is unique, 
everybody has strengths. Everybody has shortcomings. I mean, my Lord, I look at myself and yeah, I got some great qualities, but I have some qualities I work on daily. My demons per se, or my points of view. And at the end of the day, it really is about being the right version of me to serve others in support of their journey. Right. So, well, during, let's pause there if we, yeah, if we could, yeah, Dar. There, that's uh, wonderful. And the depth and breadth of what you've shared with us um, shows that it shows me, and I, I think our listeners too, that um, the variety of twists and turns that our lives can take, but also uh, the opportunities that arise and just a willingness to participate. So I'm, I'm going back. I took a couple of notes because there's a few chapters here in your life that you've <laughs> shared, which is fine. Um, but I was really interested in, this is, this is my notes that I have. Truck broke down, 14, yeah. right? Yeah. Manager. Yeah. Right. So all of this from, <laughs> from a frozen up engine, you know, and you, and you, if I got this right, you ran to the nearest place, right? So that you could, yeah. So that you could uh, call somebody to help you out. Right. And here you were, you were immersed in this environment that was, I don't know, intriguing, interesting. Yes. yes. Yeah. Exciting to you. New. So new. new. Right. New that this was not something that you were familiar with. This was a, a cultural shift, um, yes. a, a big shift for you. And you said, I want, I want some of that. I want to see what's there. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Yeah. Thank you. Right. Uh, and, and so I'm curious about this part, Dar, where, yeah. what was it within you as you look back today that empowered you, allowed you, led you to have that conversation with the manager? What, what was it? What was going on in, in those moments? Hmm. That's a great question. So reflecting, as I mentioned to you, I, I was raised in a very rural environment. My parents applied their money towards things that they felt important. And what was important to my parents, specifically my mother, was had, making sure I had a good education. And I'd say 90% of her payroll dollars went towards private education, Catholic to be specific. And that sacrifice that I know that she allowed, which also limited her possible expansion, was selfless, unconditional love, clear, clearly. Every action she did, everything she did was to allow me to be set up for better than her in my, that's a great question. Um, and with that, my responsibilities, I believe, and even today is two things. Number one, pay it forward. Number two, no resentment. And number three, leave it better than you found it. And that's everything. Just as simply as picking up a piece of paper off the parking lot or rolling down a window when you see someone on the side of the road that's stranded and just simply asking them, are you okay? Do you need help? Or opening a door for somebody, even though they're probably very capable for it, but just showing humanity and service to each other because we all need, we're all gonna have times when you would love to have someone to open that door for you because your hands are too full, your backpack is too full. And that is what I've been doing for a long time. And I've been learning as I go, I am very curious about humans. I'm curious about ecosystems. I am curious about how to 
help people find their journey with me to help. But also as with that journey, Charles, I get to learn about myself. I get to learn about how I can be a better human, learning new insights, new education, new training, new behaviors, new social activities. Um, and that's allowed me to be where I am today, you know, kind of fast forwarding on the career side. Yeah. I, uh, I did a lot of things in that time. You know, some of my major things I got to learn and serve in was learning and development. I did a lot of operations work, but then I, my gift was serving others. My, my gift was developing others from owners to general managers, to my peers, to the communities I served. And with that, I was given an opportunity to oversee the learning and development uh, programs at Promise Hotels and soon to became Hilton Worldwide. Uh, and that propelled me into a new stratosphere of big. What does big look like? Well, big is 14 brands, 80 countries, 440,000 team members across the globe in 16 plus languages. So how do you do that? Well, DAR, at the end of the day, is about listening. It was about active listening, doing research, and then from listening, you go to that next level of serving, and then from serving and failing, and, and then from there, we're gonna get into hopefully leading, and then from there, it really is about empowerment and love and reward and recognition. And that was a wonderful, time because everything I've learned, Charles, it's all applicable to everything I do. And then, and then my next stage was customer strategy. And I, I had the luxury uh, to be with a group of human beings that were doing things literally first in the world. Everything we did for a period of time were so innovative in serving customers in their journey, serving team members with having right, right the right information at the right time so they can be the right version of them to serve their customer, but also serve internally. It was all about, it's not about perfection. Uh, perfection is a terrible thing. What it is is about progress. What it is, is is recognizing people's strengths. And that sometimes takes time, Charles. You've got to take time to listen to people, watch them, and, and it's vice versa. They also need to know about you. Uh, it, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship. I do not leave, believe in hierarchies. I believe in networking. Um, and that has been a gift that has allowed me to open up a lot of doors and serve a lot of people. Uh, a title does not, it tells something, but the title is not indicative of the human. And that's one thing that I have been practicing the last many years is that when somebody, when I meet somebody like you, Charles, I saw your title. But more importantly, all I wanted to know is what do you believe in? That's all I needed to know. Right. Because when I heard what you believed in, the answer is we can be together. We can help each other for this moment in time for whatever our purpose is. For me, my purpose, my ultimate customer, everyone has an ultimate customer besides my faith. My ultimate customer is my wife and my daughters and that whole ecosystem that I'm so grateful to have. And then from there, everything becomes clear. Um, yeah, so I did a lot of things and I got into higher ed because when I traveled, and I traveled a lot, Charles, uh, I mean, I, I traveled a lot. 
I would always find a place in a city that I could go share my failures. That's interesting. I share, yeah. I, I, and I did it with universities. Um, so I had about seven universities that I would go to as an adjunct or a guest presenter. And I was, you know, when I go to Chicago, I'd go to Dallas, I'd go to Berkeley, I'd go to, you know, the list goes on, Emory University, University of Memphis, you know, that, that was, you know, where I lived for a long time. But that allowed me to see the new generation of leaders that also allow them to use my failures and my wins for their life to be better. Again, leaving it better than I found it. We're all in this together. We're interlocked and everybody has a backpack. And that personalization is a big piece of who I am. And that's something that I learned uh, from my mother. And I also learned from Rhett Stadal that everybody has a journey and your objective is to be supportive, loving, and a, a, a trusted advisor what a big responsibility, a trusted advisor, even for five minutes, five years, a second. So you can help that person on their journey with no control, only celebration and love. Absolutely. Well, Dar, we've, we've covered a lot of really interesting territory again. And one of the things that you just mentioned, which caught my attention, was uh, this idea of sharing your failures and wins. Um, what value, because a lot of our listeners are going to be hearing the word, uh, if I know my listeners, a lot of them are high achievers, there's going to be perfectionists, they're creatives yes. and innovators. Yes. Yes. So they're people that want to give their gift, they want to see social change, they want yes. to lead as a servant leader, they want to see their organizations thriving and humanized and, uh, and doing well. So what is the value, would you say, in some of the failures whether or not you give specific examples, what is the value of failure itself in terms of growth and development? Mm -hmm. Failures to me are very similar to another model, a mindset that I believe in. It's called find the way to yes. And the way you find the way to yes is always saying yes, unless it's immoral or illegal. And sometimes you do that too. And that saying yes allows you to fail and it also then allows you to learn about yourself and learn about your experience and then as a storyteller and as a person that wants others to have a good life better than yours that's why the failures come into play you can talk about wins and people get excited about that and i i we all have tons of wins in our life and i believe learning by failures and what you learned and then how you change the point of view or how you move forward from that quickly and gracefully and, and you bring others with you because it's so easy to say no, Charles. I mean, I've heard no a lot in my life with a new idea, with promoting somebody, with opening a new business, with listening. You know, once, once a no occurs, no creativity can occur, no passion, no curiosity. So that kind of goes back to answering the question of, failures, but it begins with find the way to yes and saying yes to as many things you can, because that can only allow you to learn more about yourself, which then allows you to serve others in their purpose, in your purpose. Yeah, that's wonderful. And thank you for sharing that. I know that in my own experience, the, the number of failures is often glaring. And I think this is, this is common for much of us. 
um, who have experienced enough of uh, Western culture uh, with the, the demand for a happiness, positivity, yeah. achievement, et cetera. And I'm not slamming these things. I'm, I'm wired in these ways as well. And I carry this in my backpack, as you called it. But right. what I also carry is things that I hear you echoing now from the experience of others that I've talked with, which is uh, compassionate listening, love, and, and that these really do belong in organizational leadership, these human aspects of, of ourselves within the workplace. And I know from personal experience that when, when appropriate, there are times to, to not be completely vulnerable and open with others, you know, that can place us in a, in a dangerous position. I have a lot of caring listeners, so it's important to also protect your boundaries and know when you're safe to, to take risks and only you can decide that. But from the times when I have felt enough safety to be courageous and to get the innovative idea out on the table, like yourself, I've heard no so many times, but on the other side of no is a more interesting or perhaps bigger yes. And that has been my experience over and over and over again. I'm hearing it again as you share it today. Thank you. May I share with you another way I look at this world? Yeah. It's been very, it's been very helpful for me. It's not easy. And being good is not easy. So there's two things that I know in my life so far, and these are my beliefs. Number one, everybody has insecurities. I got them. I'm a 57-year-old guy that still has insecurities just like in elementary school. And the second piece is everybody, B-O-D-Y, wants to be accepted. Those two filters are, my fil are, are the way I use my heart to engage with people in my head. As I mentioned the backpack, as I mentioned who's the customer's customer, and somewhere in there, there's a human being that's on a journey and only am I there to help. Only am I there if wanted to assist. And with that, hopefully I will get the same. And I have gotten the same because sometimes you have to be vulnerable and you're right. You need to protect yourself. And I've been hurt many a times by getting my heart before my head. Uh, in fact, funny, uh, shortly after new year's, I gave away a lot of things last year, not in resentment, Charles, but I gave away a lot of things, my IP, um, in, in reflecting on that, I placed a rubber band around my left wrist to remind me to share, but also share in a way that I will, will not feel like I've given away my gifts, my talents, more importantly, my, my experiences when it's not really appropriate and or when it can't be understood or reciprocated. Yes, and I resonate personally with that message. And uh, I know a lot of folks out there as well who are wired similarly, similarly and they, they have this heart for giving. And really, it's, it's an expression for me of my identity. This is core to how I view myself. And I, I operate also from the gut, this highly intuitive sense of the world. Uh, I'm receiving input from 
uh, from people, places, and things all the time, and I'm listening and watching and sensing, and my brain is putting all that stuff together, whether I want it to or not, right. and it's saying, look, you can be helpful here and here right. and here, right. and which is exciting, but man, do I have to watch that because like yourself, I've learned, I've put myself out there and, and put myself right in the middle of situations at times which were not healthy or helpful for myself and actually exposed me to vulnerabilities. And, mm. and that happens to all human beings. It's nothing exceptional, but coming through that learning like you are, this is a lifelong lesson for me too, to uh, have self-compassion along mm. with self-knowledge. Mm. So insight, understanding what my own motivations, intentions, priorities are, it can be tricky, but through yes. conversation, it does come out. Um, Dar, I wanted in our last few minutes, I do want to shift and provide you the opportunity for sh sharing anything that you've got going on that you're particularly excited about. Anything oh. in the world, anything there yeah. at OSU OKC. I do. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so thank that you for that. I, I am so I'm so clear on my purpose for the short term and maybe forever. I've had the ability to launch um, a new center it's a new initiative it's not a program it's called the center for social innovation it is grounded and logged by education credit and non it is a full feature service of experiences learning and rebranding for individuals that are coming out of incarceration that are coming out of here in Oklahoma City, we know we have Remerge, we have Pivot, we have the Curb, uh, the Curb Chronicle. We have so many individuals out there that want a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. And I am ready to help them. I, we have just launched, we received a, a very nice starting gift we are in our first semester and we've learned so much about this very important audience that deserves a place to come and recover, learn education, learn how to rebrand, learn how to love themselves, give them grace, and also give them the tools, resources, and mindsets for them to move forward with their journey of the new version of them with, with sobriety, with no more substance abuse, with increased respect and love of themselves and their families. So I'm not by myself. I have a, I have a very incredible lady that I'm working with. Her name's Ariel, Ariel Beasley. She is the beacon of the, an example to these students of they can do it. And I'm allowing my learning and development, culture development, and overall love of human beings to help them. And that's what we're doing. As I just mentioned, we just got through our first semester. Uh, we have learned a lot of things about how to be better. And also the students have helped us with transparency and communications. And then as we go to get our second cohort, excuse me, in fall, Again, it's about progress. We'll even be better at serving them. And it's a very big thing. We, you know, we're looking at residential 
solutions, of course, all types of insecurity issues, looking at learning differences, um, all those things to look at a holistic approach in serving a human being in their rebranding and recovery to re-enter society to be the version of who they want to be and for whatever reason couldn't be until now. So I'm very humbled and I can't stop dreaming about this because it's so much bigger than me. And it goes back to what I believe. Leave it better than how you found it, Nar. Everyone has a journey. Your responsibility is to assist, learn, live, and just help. And with that, you will become a better person. And that is what I'm focused on. That is what I wake up, besides my wife and my daughters, of course, my faith. This is what drives me 24 365. I can't stop dreaming about it. I've met you because of this. You, you came, I found you. We found each other because of our common belief of recovery, rebranding, and reliving life. And I want to help people that say yes. And I will not do it by myself. I, I, I say I do not know everything, and I don't. And I do know how to help people in a journey with the proper ecosystems, with the proper measurements, with proper celebrations. And at the end of the day, allow my failures and my wins to be a part of their journey. Yeah. So more to come on that one. We have just begun and I'm just so excited and grateful for the opportunity. That's the first thing. And the potential Charles is huge. It is huge. And I'm so grateful that I've been asked personally and even above me to take a stab at this. And it's really great, but thank you for asking. Well, it's my pleasure to ask Dar, since we met and talked about this and you shared the vision, um, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. And I know these are initial conversations, but, but this is a program that when, when I'm really honest, I cannot believe that it exists, but yet I believe it. Uh, <laughs> this, this is something that, that, that younger Charles, when yeah. those that know my story, I also yeah. graduated from Oklahoma state in Stillwater yeah. with a degree in natural resources and forestry. And I did mm. well academically, mm. but I'm telling you, my life outside of college was uh, extreme alcoholism, chronic alcoholism, yeah. depression, yeah. anxiety, yes. And then, man, I would just give everything I could to the to the task at hand to try to get it done at school. Right. And it was hard to have a career drinking and a career mm. trying to achieve academically. And mm. uh, my wife will tell you what that was like as well. Um, she's still with me, but there was a time where she had to step away and uh, take care of herself and our kids. But for the past 15 years, I've been able to live a different kind of life and to um come back home to Oklahoma City, where both of us were born and raised, to meet you, to hear about this program. Right. I'm really speechless, but I'm still talking. And and that's a good one. It's just really exciting, Dar. And with your permission, I'll drop in in our show notes that'll go with the episode, the links to this program and other things that you've mentioned so people can learn more. Yeah. And I also want to do a couple of things before we wrap this up. And hopefully... Um, we can do it again based on uh, interest and time. Absolutely. I, I would like. I would like to. I would like to kind of close on. Is uh, I'm here to help. Uh, I will give my personal email address out. Um, I'm here to learn. I'm here to serve. 
I'm here to collaborate. Everything that I've talked about is who I am. And I'm just, and I'm on LinkedIn, of course, but I'm ready to connect with like-minded people so I can listen, learn, serve, and lead as I move forward in my journey. And I will say, I would like to kind of tie back to my intro. Um, music, architecture, nature is a big piece of keeping me healthy, curious, and reflective and projected. You know, there's, I have tons of tracks in my head. And in fact, I think by lyrics. When I speak to people or I think about things, the music that I love and I've been exposed to, all types, all types, play in my head. And I'd like to share a couple that have been really important songs for me that have kept me where I need to be. And there's tons of them, but and this is very, very, um, all of my music that I get to listen to is gorgeous. I'm so grateful that I can hear it and feel it and that it helps me. So the first one is a group that my mom actually exposed me to when I was in eighth grade, uh, a group called Depeche Mode. I speak and spell to be very specific and many of your audience members may or may not know this, but one of their songs that has resonated with me that speaks to my personalization and customer strategy and the way I like to work and the way I like to live is everything counts in large amounts. What does that mean? Everything counts. A smile, the way you email somebody, the way you, your, your verbals and nonverbals, the way you listen, the way you take action, or the way you don't take action. Everything counts in large amounts. The second one came to me a couple years later. There's this artist named Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello and Attractions. And yes, I'm part of the I'm part of the X generation. So a lot of this music is from that, but I'm very contemporary as well and reflective. One of his songs that really helps me remind me every day of what I need to do. It's called What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding. And the answer is nothing, Charles. Mm. So with that, my responsibility every day is to find a couple things I can do better, I can do new, I can repeat for good in the world of peace. What did I do today to create peace with myself, with others? What did I do to love today? How did I love myself? How did I love others? What were, what were my expressions? What were the reactions? And then understanding, oh my goodness understanding. What did I do today to understand somebody better? What did I do to understand new content today? What did I do to understand a new group of human beings that are like-minded that wants to also help and serve the world for betterment? So I go back to every day in the morning when I drive or in the evening, I ask the question, what did you do today, Dar? What did you do to support peace? What did you do today to support love? And what, did you, what did you do to support understanding? And can you, and will you do it again tomorrow? and where will you go? So I am utterly grateful. I have been given so many gifts and I've earned so many, so many experiences, good and bad and ugly. But I will tell you this, the biggest thing is that I have the ability every day for today to be the best version of me for the next opportunity in serving others through purpose.
Dar, that's a wonderful place to leave it. I won't add anything else except to say I look forward to future conversations and appreciate you being my guest on the show. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Charles, for thinking about me. And thank you for all you do in serving others to make sure they understand purpose and hope. And everybody counts in large amounts. And we're all in this, we're all in this together. Thank you again for having me. It's my pleasure. You've been listening to the Live Your Purpose podcast. I hope you've been inspired by my conversation with today's guest. If you like what you hear, please share with your social networks and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Charles Gossett, Life Purpose Coach and founder of Full Integration Coaching. To learn more about the life coaching, public speaking, and retreat services that I offer, visit fullintegrationcoaching.com. And you can follow along with me on Facebook and Instagram at Full Integration Coaching. Until next time, remember, you were meant to live on purpose. Start living yours today.